Welcome to Good Hope Church with Pastor Billy Bryson. We praise God for every listener and ask that you like, follow, and rate this podcast so we can reach more people for the kingdom. I pray for open hearts, open ears, and the blood of Jesus to cover everyone that hears my voice. Now let's get into the word. Amen. Praise God. Everybody happy today? Amen. I'm going to uh, obey my wife. You know, I am the head of my family. That's the neck that turns the head. (laughs) A couple Sundays back, you know, whenever I preached, uh, she was after me because my ankle got swollen and all at that time. Well, I tell you, I'm going to be rid of that pump thing in all Wednesday. Yeah, so we're thankful that God has moved on, and, you know, five weeks' time, a big, huge hole has closed in. Amen. Praise the Lord. So since I have a sock that runs down in, I mean, a hose that runs down inside my shoe and a big pad thing on the edge of it, I'm going to be comfortable and take my shoes off. Is that all right? Amen. You know, you're supposed to do that when you're on holy ground anyway. Amen? <laughs> all right. No, that's fine. Uh, you know, at least it's, it's not like the guy, you know, that whenever he took his uh, shoe off, the odor eater jumped out and bit him in the leg. <laughs> You know, my wife tells me I don't stink too badly, so I'm going to go with that. You know, today we want to just minister on the fact, today matters. You know, a lot of people got up this morning and they saw, well, it's going to be hot out there today. I'm just going to stay in here in this AC and get another couple hours of Z's and uh, take my E's. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, were down at the river there yesterday. You know, you couldn't hardly drive by the road with all the cars pulled off along the edge there. But I tell you one thing, today does matter. First of all, Today matters to God. This is the day who made? All right. You mean this isn't what you're going to make out of it? No. (laughs) You know, we make messes. That's kind of our specialty, isn't it? We can make messes better than we can do anything else. But you just think, today is the day that the Lord hath made. Today matters. What happens today is in a way, maybe, because of what happened yesterday. Maybe that's why you're where you are today. Now, you say, well, I'm not going to worry about today. I've always got tomorrow. No, you don't. There's no guarantee on a tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, because... You do not know what a day can bring forth. You know, today, you was around the hospitals, you would see little babies being born. So today matters. 
because of them. You see some people on their deathbeds. Maybe some of them will die. Today matters. Because some people's hearts will be torn and ripped. Today matters. This is the day the Lord has made. And what are we going to do? Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. You just think, we've all got a chance. If you've got it today, you've got a chance. Be all that you can be today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't let yesterday drag you back. Today is the day. You think about little Moses. You know, his mama put him out in a basket along the edge of the river. Now, that could have just been a pre-breakfast snack for an alligator there in the Nile, couldn't it? But God watched out for him. Look what happened to Moses. He started out as a basket case, right? (laughs) But you know, God had a plan for him. God gave Moses a tomorrow because he took care of his today. And God anointed a sister of his in her day. She was watching over him. She brought that little baby back to the mama. And the mama got paid for raising her own son. Yeah, a lot of you ladies would like to get in on a thing like that, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. But you know, Today was the day. Moses had his todays. One day he went out, and as he was there among his fellow Israelites, he saw them being oppressed and enslaved, and he killed an Egyptian taskmaster. That was not Moses' best day. And he got scared. And he went and ran off to Uncle Laban's. And he was there hiding away from the law for 40 years. But God met him. He says, Moses, this is your day. See that bush? You see that bush? Well, it's burning. <laughs> yes. And I want something burning in you. You know, God wants something to burn in you today. Because this is your day to burn in the power of God. And God spoke to him. And God told him, I'm sending you with a message. I want you to go say, let my people go. Well, what do we usually do if God is making our day? But 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 God God I got better idea. You know Moses says I I I have this speech better, but I I can't talk very good. God says, so what? Your brother can. Amen. God called us to be family. We are here today. You make my day. I hope I can make your day. Because I know Jesus is going to make all our day. Amen. And then 
Later on, God sent Moses back to Egypt. And Moses took his staff and he walked along there, his walking stick. And sent him there into the palace. God asked, what's that in your hand? Moses says, it's a stick. Throw it down. Became a snake. And then he told Moses, some of you might not like this part of the thing that God told you to do. Pick that snake up. <laughs> and it became what? His stick again. Yeah. Well, I tell you, God is saying, this is your day. Get on the stick. Amen. And Moses took his stick and he led the people out. When they came to the Red Sea, what happened? He hit the waters. And what happened? They parted. Amen. God anoints days. God anoints sticks. God anoints people. And you know, this isn't going like I'm like planned it. No. Well, let me just continue on. <laughs> All right. You know, this is your day. What if you were a young man named Samson? And you saw your people being oppressed by the Philistines. And you were walking along there and there was a skeleton of an old donkey that had passed away along the way. Samson goes over there and he yanks that skull apart and he takes a jawbone and he goes out and he kills him a thousand Philistines that day. That was his day. But then, have you heard of people sinning away their day? That's what Samson did. You know, he got a haircut. It wasn't the right time. That did not make his day. He got his eyes poked out. But you know what? As he was treading that treadmill there, God was working on Samson. He was having a hair-raising experience. Amen? <laughs> Go and grow, God says. This is your day. Grow. 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 And you know, Samson had another day. A day of comeback. Even though it was a day of come down. God anointed him with strength and he placed his hands on those pillars under that great Colosseum where all the people were gathered to watch. And he pulled. And he pulled. And he killed like 3,000 people all at one time. He lost his own life. He said, God, I want to avenge my people. You know, we just celebrated last week about many of our men who have given their lives. That was their day. They gave up their day so that we might have a day today. They gave up their life so that we could enjoy the life in this our country. Yes. What about that? This is your day. What about the little boy 
decided he was going to go to that evangelistic service that was being held down by the seashore. You know, he stopped by McDonald's and got him uh, three of those super McFish, <laughs> you know. So he'd be sure and have at least, uh, you know, some of those uh, extra buns and all that, and have his fish. And, you know, it came about lunchtime and all. Everybody was wanting to head for McDonald's, you know. And the disciples said, well, you know, we don't have any money to get food for these people. You know, even if we put them all on the value meal plan, you know, we can't have enough here for all those folks. And we find that one of the disciples comes up and says, there's a little boy back here. He's got a little lunch. So the little boy lunch got given to Jesus. And you know, Jesus took those McFish and he kept breaking, breaking, breaking. And he filled up baskets full. The disciples were in charge. You know, you go out and set people down by 50 in a group or 100 in a group. And you just take care. And you, you guys are the servers. And after everybody ate all they could, you know, nothing better than a good fish fry, is there? Amen. It may be better than McDonald's, amen, but... You know, good fish fry is nice. And there was 12 basketfuls left over. That was that little boy's day. Amen. You know, God has anointed you for your day. You said, well, I'm not that much in life. What can God do for me? Okay, God says, finally, I can get to my scripture I had marked in. <laughs> All right. If you'd look with me over to the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. 13th chapter of the book of Romans. And do this, knowing the time, that's verse 11. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awaken out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, first of all, God is telling us today, you got to wake up. How many of you love the sound when your cell phone or your alarm clock goes off in the morning? Becky can't holler at me loud enough to get that thing shut off, you know. <laughs> You know, she, she just doesn't seem to like that pretty little melody that comes on, you know. <laughs> be it 7 o'clock, be it 5 o'clock, or whenever it goes off, she goes off. <laughs> Amen. And that's the way I start her day. <laughs> 
But you know, God is telling us, this is your day. First of all, you have to get up. Awaken. Get up. And that doesn't mean awake enough to hit the snooze. (laughs) Most people choose the snooze at least once or twice, don't they? Amen? But then he says the night is almost gone. Now it's time to get up and act. Time for action. You know, the day is what God designed for man to get his work done in. You know, people's bodies are messed up today a lot because they do the 24-7s, all the various shifts and all, and it's not what our bodies were made to do. We were made to go to bed after sundown and get up when sunrise comes. Amen? Amen. I know a lot of you praying for winter, right? (laughs) Get more sleep. Amen? And then God told us there in those verses, uh, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. And then he tells us some things to abandon there. There's some things you've got to give up. Let us cast off the works of darkness. You know, that means coming out from under the covers too, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, there's nothing better than that furry blanket and all in the wintertime, is it? I always like it when I got blanket coverage. Yes. God intended for us to have our rest, but also God ordained us to work. Work for the night comes when no man shall work, he tells us. Cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. You know, we're told over there in Ephesians how we should get dressed. Amen? Life is a battle. Put on the whole armor of Christ. And when you get all of that put on, you are good to go. Watch out, devil. Here I come. Yeah. How do you like looking at the bottom of my shoe? (laughs) Yeah. Not too good of you down there. Well, that's too bad. Let me wipe a little sand out of your eye. I'll just uh, rub that out for you. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Here I come, devil. Now, you know, always hit the devil head on. You know, because your armor doesn't have any coverage in back. Your back is open. The devil will kick your tail. Literally. Hit him head on. Yes, go at him. Go at him. And let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness. Some people can't get up, wait to get up in the morning so they can start a new bottle. That's not what God intended for man. Not in lewdness and lust. Some people live to sin. But you don't sin to live. 
the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ who loved us. Not in strife and envy. You know, a lot of people look at a day, oh, I wonder what on earth can go wrong today. Strife, envy, they're not at peace because they're envying the person, their next door neighbor or their boss at work or the guy that owns the company. You know, but that's not God's will for them to be all tied down like that. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus is in you, let him show through to the outside. Let him show through to the outside. What's on the inside should be coming out. Today's a coming out party. Amen? Jesus is coming out. You know, the old hymn said, let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. God wants us to be show-offs for His Son. For His Son. Jesus is the one that uh, He wants us to show off. And make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. You know, a lot of people live their lives, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I don't care what anybody else says about it. I'm going to be me and I'm going to do what I'm wanting to do. And nobody's going to stop me. I am out conquering and to conquer. They've already been conquered. Satan has them bound hand and foot already. Put on Christ. Well, you know, God has a plan for each one of us. Because today matters to God, first off. And today should matter to you. Look with me back to the book of Genesis, if you would. Genesis, the 19th chapter. And I want to look at verses 15 and 16. This is about Lot. Many of you know that Lot didn't always make, make the best choice every day, did he? Lot had it made. He was riding on Uncle Abe's coattail. Just getting all the blessings that were flowing down from Uncle Abraham. He had it made in the shade. But the devil gave him a shady deal. He decided he was going to go to the big bad city. He wasn't going to be out there, you know, fighting those stinky, smelly sheep and all, and grazing. He's going to go down there. He make it with the big boys. No. And we find out, uh, verse 15 there, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, 
lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, uh uh-oh, watch that. A lot of us tell God, could you wait just a moment? Or what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand. And these guys are the angels that are there that came to visit him. His wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. You know, sometimes you might think God's treating you a little rough. He sent his angels to give charge over you. And if they jerk you, it's because you're a jerk. (laughs) Amen? That was Lot's case at least. Amen? They had to persuade him. Yank. (laughs) Yeah. So Lot was the first Yankee, right? Amen? (laughs) And uh, while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hands, the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, they brought him out and set him outside the city. Today mattered to Lot. And Lot learned the hard way that it mattered when he hesitated. This is the day God made for you. If God tells you something, do not hesitate. Say, let's go, God. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm obedient. I'm your servant. And the angels had to seize him to do what they needed to do when he was the one who needed to do it. God told Lot to get out of that city. But he chose not to do it. You know, there's a lot of Christians in life that God has told them to get out of something, and they didn't. Maybe they weren't as fortunate as Lot to have a half dozen angels to send down on them, to give them a holy jerk and all, and change their course and all. You know, if a horse is going the wrong direction, what do you do? You pull on that rein and all. Give them a little jerk. And they respond. Amen? You know, God likes for His people to be like the horses just with that gentle neck rein. I like those. You know, you can just take that rein, just lay it aside, one side, the neck or the other. Those are my type of animals. Praise God. And uh, we find out God had a day for Lot. Lot hesitated. A lot of us do that, don't we? All right. Let's look over in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And there in the 24th chapter of Joshua, we're going to look down at verses 14 and 15. Joshua's final speech is given right here. And you know, it's, it's nice to be ready when you come to your end of the way and God says, this is your day. You need to be ready to prepare your family and those around you with what God has placed within you. 
Now therefore, verse 14, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Choose right today. The choice is before you. There's one thing while we're dealing with Joshua here. You know, a lot of these people I thought about in the last week, they had various days in their life. And one day Joshua never faced up to was training another leader to take his place. You ever stop to think of that? You know, the Israelites had it good. Joshua led them over into the promised land, and then everything kind of fell into a disarray for several hundreds of years. Oh, they had their judges and all, and then they pleaded with God to give them a king. But Joshua never trained another leader. I'm sure there was probably a day when God spoke to Joshua, you know, you need to be thinking about somebody to take your place. We all need to be thinking of things like this. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what the day is going to bring forth. And while you're here, this is the time to train up others. Because there will be others coming down the pathway of life. And we need leaders. You know, God told in the scriptures there, you older women, you train the younger ones. How to take care of the home. How to take care of their husbands. There's so many broken homes today because so many of these Young gals have never been trained on how to take care of their man. You know, it may be a country song, stand by your man, but it's good theology too. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, we find there, today mattered to Joshua, because he made his choice. I will choose to serve the Lord this day. And then... We, don't want, we do want to give uh, equal time to you ladies here today. I'm going to turn over to the book of Esther next. You know, she was quite a gal. She was a beauty. And you know, God had her ordained for a task uh, that was there before her. You know, Esther had something to do that no one else could accomplish. And God had her ordained for the task. In the book of Esther, let me get my clips straightened out here. Okay. 
I'm sorry, I must have lost a paperclip. But turn to the book of Esther. Somebody's already there. And I'll just let you read a couple verses for me. Esther 4, 13 and 14. You know, the Jews were once again overtaken. Esther was in the land. She was a slave girl. Her uncle Mordecai had a position that he had kind of worked into in the king's house. And he had found favor. But yet, there was one guy that hated him for his stand. But God had a plan. God doesn't want his people under bondage all time. Esther 4, verses 13 and 14. Becky, you want to read that, please? Esther 4. 13 and 14, Mordecai sent back this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that you will escape there in the palace when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. What's more, you can say but that you have been elevated to the palace for such a time as this. All right. You know, she was such a beauty, the king fell for that little Jewish girl. And he wanted her to become one of his wives. He brought her to the palace. And he, she even impressed him so much that, you know, she was putting on a big banquet and everything. And he told her, says, you know, Whatever you want, you just ask. You just ask. And this evil man, Haman, there in that country, one of the king's people in high position, hated Esther's uncle, Mordecai. Haman wanted Mordecai killed so much that he said, I'm going to really have a party. And he took it upon himself to have this big scaffold for a hangman's place built. One place I read that thing was like 60 foot high. You know, he was ready to put on a show. You know, like a big three-ring circus. You get the people up high on those trapezes and those sway poles and all that kind of stuff. He was going to, you know, hang it on. And uh, so we find here that Uncle Mordecai had a few words with his niece. Says, you know, you being a Jew, it's not going to really matter if you're inside the palace. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. You're going to have to do something that's not customary because anyone to enter into the presence of the king's chamber without being invited, that could be death on the spot. But she chose to walk in and to come before the king because that was her day. God had ordained her 
for such a time as this. And you know, they got to the banquet that night because she went, went there and she told her husband, the king, says, I want you to come to this banquet that I've prepared tonight. And says, bring Haman with you. And, uh, you know, Haman comes in strutting all his stuff and all there and all his fine garb and his royal regalia and all. And he uh, was uh, talking there with the king, says, you know, this Jew out there, this Mordecai, you know, we need to get rid of him. And, uh, you know, uh, the king was kind of listening, but then... You know, Esther kind of had an interruption time, you know. And uh, the king had promised her for this big banquet and all, you, you put that on, I'll give you anything you ask. She chose to ask, not for her own life to be spared, but for him to release all her people. Haman had wanted Mordecai killed because Mordecai was sort of bringing up an insurrection as Haman was starting to portray. And that which was prepared for Mordecai was Haman's downfall. It, he came to the end of his rope, literally, that night there on the scaffold. You know, the day matters. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Haman's evil brought evil unto him. It brought death. It brought destruction. And then look over at the book of Nehemiah while you're right close there. Nehemiah chapter 4. A lot of fours in here today. I don't know why. God sort of, you know, works His Word together in a certain order, doesn't He? Yeah. Chapter 4, and look at verse 16. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall, those who carried burdens, loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction, with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive. We are separated far from one another on the wall. And uh, wherever you hear the sound, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored in the work. And half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, Let each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem, 
that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I nor my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes except that everyone took them off for washing. You know, God takes care of our day. Nehemiah was protected because he was working on a building for his Lord. Amen? Remember that old song? I always loved the chapel choir at Moberly Prison and all. Those boys knew how to sing that up there. Working on a building for my Lord. They knew what to do. They had their weapons in their hand. They had their working tools in the other. And oh, they were going at it. And I bet those guys could have fought just as hard as they worked. You know, the walls got put up. And you know, God's promises were kept. And God was victorious. They worked through the night. Life was a battle. Every moment counted. Aren't you glad not every day is your day of battle? But yet it is in a way. Yes? How many of you war against the flesh? Okay, if you don't war against the flesh, you know, that's probably evident too. You're probably being taken down. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, you get to thinking. Today matters. There's a little boy named David. And I just love reading about David. So many things happened in his life. Let's look at the day that he went to take some bread and cheese and all to his brothers out there on the battlefield. And there was this big giant making fun of God's people. This was David's day. Certainly wasn't Goliath's day, was it? He thought it was. He went out every morning. And I can imagine the obscenities and the taunts and all. He shouted at God's people every day. Little David asked the soldiers around there, you guys just standing around and this... This big jerk out there, he's just uh, calling you all all kinds of names and you're just taking it and doing nothing about it? What on earth is wrong with you all? Oh, uh, give me another piece of cheese and a roll. I'd, we'd rather just sit here and, and picnic and all today. No. David found... God had spoke to him something that day. Went to a little brook, got five rocks. He had his slingshot in his little pouch that he carried alongside. And you thought fanny packs were new fashion, right? <laughs> no, he, he had his, his, his was loaded. <laughs> his was loaded. His five smooth stones. And he went up there and faced that big giant. He told the giant, you know, he recognized this man's power. You come to me with all your strength, 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. You can go forth conquering and to conquer. You know what? David put one of those rocks in that sling. And he started winding that up. And when he let it go, it landed right square in the middle of Goliath's forehead. You know, caught him head on. Amen. But David took the head off. Yeah. After Goliath fell, David took Goliath's sword, whacked his head off, took the trophy back to the king. King Saul. Isn't this what you wanted? Isn't this what you wanted? <laughs> This ugly thing, yeah, this ugly thing, you know, it was David's day. He had the right rock. He had the right twist. But I believe the Holy Spirit was guiding that rock all the way. Why did David take five rocks? Do you think... He was afraid he'd miss the first try. He's so close and all that, uh, you know, that giant could take taken three steps and all and been on top of him. You know, that giant had four giant brothers. David came prepared. Today matters. David knew in his heart if necessary, I'm not going to stop at one. But you take out the big man first, and the rest of them turn turkey tail. And away they go. Amen? Amen? You know, the other day I saw this turkey running down alongside the road there. And that tail was just going. You know, it was all tucked in. It wanted to get away. I tell you, David was prepared. There was none of those Philistines that was going to get away from one little boy with an anointed rock. What's God anointing for you? God has an anointed rock. Today mattered to David. And then, you know, David grew up, and he had a son. I want us to look over in the book of Ecclesiastes. This was written by whom we are told is the smartest guy there ever was, Solomon. Solomon. In Ecclesiastes, we're not going to read a bunch of that. Chapter 3, I want you to just put this in your... Uh, notes because verses 1 through 9 God is saying today matters I know this scripture here is used at funerals and all a lot there's a time for everything there's a time for everything under the sun but Solomon realized in the end of the book of Ecclesiastes that we must make the most of each day. 
in the sight of God. Today is the day that you need to make the most of any day you've ever had. Because today is the only day you possess right now. You don't possess yesterday. You can't live on yesterday today. You can't count on your tomorrow. But live today. Today matters. Let's go to the New Testament for just another illustration or two. Look with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Now I know we read this a lot around Christmas time. Luke chapter 1. I want us to look down at verse 26. This was a day that caught a young girl by surprise. This was Mary's day. You know, there's a lot of things that may come as a surprise to you during the day in your life. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said unto her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered, What manner of greeting is this? Just stop to think of it. If you were Mary, and an angel appeared to you and started off with some kind of announcement like that, you'd say, hey dude, wait a minute. Is this for real? But she went on there. As, as we see, we'll, we'll go down to verse 30 there. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Today is the day that God has poured favor on each one of you that are here today. Today matters. What will you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? is the best question that any of us could answer for today. What will you do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And then, you can't turn to the New Testament without going to dear brother Paul. Over in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 9, And we see there in that ninth chapter, uh, verses 26 and 27, ending up the chapter, Paul compared his life to a race. Today, I'm running a race. You know, school has ended for our high school kids, and you know, I, I've loved looking through the papers and all and watching the different ones who have won the different races and all, and uh, 
things that have happened. I loved track and all when I was in high school. You know, I thought 1962 was a good year. That was, you know, over at Washington, I got the conference quarter mile that year. And, uh, you know, God was uh, favoring and making my day then. But you know, I have a better day. Today is the day that God made for me. Brother Paul talks about these races there. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beateth the air. Billy, I knew that you was a runner because people have told me so. They didn't teach you to run like this, did they? <laughs> you had... Especially if you're a dash or hurdle man, you got to go just right in that rhythm. You got to be going just exactly perfect because you're using those arms to gain momentum, not to hold you back. You know. You know. Forrest Gump is not a tra uh, track coach. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And we find that. You make the most of the pursuit of the prize. You know, there's a lot of people that are out to win a race and to beat you out. You know, the devil has all kinds of strategy, but we can have strategy too. We can be team players. Back to a track meet again. I remember in a track meet, we were uh, wanting to really rack up some good points and all. And one of the races which the other team that we were running against had sewed up in this whole side of the state was one of the best half milers around anywhere. Our coach had a brain in his head. And he said, we're going to team up against him. He said, Dwayne, I want you to get out there in this half-mile race. And I wasn't a half-miler. He says, I want you to run a real fast quarter-mile to begin with. That guy was on my tail. You know who was in third place? The best half-miler St. Clair had. I ran the guy down. In a quarter and a half, he was getting done for. All Butch had to do was pass the two of us and get first place. And we took a first and a third in that. <laughs> yeah. So we got you know, double the points of what they got, you know, by letting their man get second. But you have to fight fire with fire at times. Run the race to win. God has your day ordained. Today matters. Today is the day that He has for you. And we find out, today mattered to Jesus. 
I want us to look at one last scripture back in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6 and verse 34. Matthew 6 and verse 34 has this to say. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How many of you know a lot of people that they worry about gobs of things that's happened in the past? Yesterday has them defeated so much that they cannot have a today. Other people worry, well, what about tomorrow? Oh, you just don't know all that might happen because they don't know the one who can show them what might not happen. Because we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Today matters. Today matters because you matter to Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to be rejoicing. And we're going to be glad in it. And when do we rejoice? Whenever you've won the race. Amen? Amen. God has ordained today to be a winning day for you. And every day... From this day forward that you have here is a winning day because you are a winner in Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you would say, Brother Dwayne, you know, I am a winner. It always feels good to break through the tape. And come in first, doesn't it? You know, with God, you are number one. God doesn't have any second-class children. There are no second-class children. God says, you are a winner. And I tell you what, how many of you were going to say today, Dwayne, I am making today a winning day because I'm in Christ. Christ is in me, and what's in me is going to come out today, and I'm going to show what a winner I am. I am going to finish my course. I'm going to keep my faith. There's henceforth laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And I tell you, God wants to crown you each and every day. And I'm going to ask us, you know, Lord just told me, close this service. We're all going to run this aisle. We are going to get up here, and we're all going to be in the winner's circle. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go.
Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to like, comment, and share. We love you all. And God bless. May there be good.